what are we getting into right now? Uh, <laughs> to Kingpin? <laughs> yeah, do you want to do Kingpin? Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. Well, uh, Kingpin, this has been one that I've been wanting to see this for a while, This is too. Kingpin, yeah. This is Kingpin. <laughs> <laughs> the Farrelly Brothers movie from 96 yes. with uh, Bill Murray and... Uh, Randy Quaid and uh, Woody Harrelson. Um, And uh, I will start off by saying I was not that into it. (laughs) Same. (laughs) I thought it was kind of crappy. But before that, I will say that. So recently I watched. um, I I watched. uh, There's something about Mary on TV, Hmm. uh, which was also a Fairly Brothers movie. Yeah. and so I can connect that to this, of course. Um, and I, th- I think that movie is so weird and, and interesting because I feel like it's so, it's so mainstream. It's like so mainstream, and I almost don't, I don't totally understand why. Hmm. You know, like it's like every people who don't watch movies know what that. Oh is. yeah, and like Definitely. for mainstream movie people, they're like, oh yeah, one of the. They're like, oh, like best one of the best comedies. There's, there's something about Mary, you know. Like when they when they think of Ben Stiller, they're like, oh yeah, it's the Ben Stiller, of course. There's something about Mary, you know, <laughs> everything. And I don't like dislike the film. I just like don't a hundred percent get all the hype because it's a very strange movie. Yeah, you don't get like the popularity of it. Yeah, like why right. it appeals to so many people? Because I do think it's really funny. But mm. I, I think it's like a really weird film. <laughs> like, I've never seen There's Something About Mary. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No. Oh, man. Well, then. Yeah. I mean, you, can, you can say whatever you want about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, there's just, like, it's known as a Ben Stiller movie. Um, but, like, isn't Cameron weird... Diaz in it, too? Yeah. Cameron. Yeah. So he's always, like, it's always about. It's. It, it kind of plays similar similarly to, uh, like, other Fairly Brothers stuff, like dumb and dumber for instance where the whole movie is you know that jim carrey had this one interaction with this woman (laughs) (laughs) and he pursues a whole road trip to go give her bag back after thinking he has a shot with her so it's it's a little similar to the to that except not as weird um it's more like ben stiller's like high school crush you know he he's just obsessed with her you know and he just Mm -hmm. wants to go after her who's camp cameron diaz um and 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 it also it's more so that like everyone's in love with cameron diaz in this movie mm-hmm. um so what's ultimate what's even more the strangest part about it is that ben stiller kind of hires matt dillon to like follow mary around and like spire spy on her and matt dillon is arguably like the star of the film because he's in it more than ben stiller is he's always <laughs> like he's always like lying to like to marry about something like and and just saying like ridiculous things like there's a line where he's like he's like uh it's like she's like what's your job he's like oh yeah i take care of uh retards <laughs> or something like that and she's like is that i don't think that's very and she actually says i don't think that's very politically correct or something like that (laughs) and he's like yeah (laughs) he's always (laughs) he's always just doing shit like it's just really weird shit like that and there's a scene where he like just 
he's spying on mary through her window he ends up like throwing a crack into her like soup or something it's it's fucking it's just a really bizarre film um i just think maybe for the time period it was like the perfect like the right humor and the right cast for everyone to get into it but i just think it's i just think it's so popular for i don't get like for some reason that i've just never been able to uh comprehend um the Fairley brothers are just plain weird too. Yeah. yeah, and I think their weirdness works much more in a movie like Dumb and Dumber, which is yeah. um, all about being weird. Um, and in a movie like Kingpin, it's just kind of, it's just kind of like what are what are, what are, what are we even making here? You know, like yeah, I didn't find Kingpin particularly funny at no, all. No, me neither. Much. Sadly, there were a few moments that I i kind of enjoyed but uh yeah overall it didn't really go anywhere that i uh yeah i don't know that i really cared for uh in a way i felt like the uh, amish like side plot was like the most typical like Mm -hmm. thing ever just the fact that they're going to an amish community yeah and so it's like kind of uh just overdone jokes on like amish people Mm -hmm. and Mm mm-hmm yeah, and then Randy Quaid is—he's not as hateable as I thought he would be in this, because a lot of times I feel like he's a uh, just a huge goofball that's so annoying. Um, but yeah, here he wasn't—I don't think he was so bad. Um, but yeah, and then I thought Bill Murray was gonna have a much bigger role in it. Yeah, he too. just they kind of bookend it with him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, and then Woody Harrelson's character—I. Yeah, I don't know. Didn't really care for him uh, at all either. It just felt like overall it was just a very like mediocre yeah. uh, comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Plus Bill, plus Bill Murray's like, have you seen uh, Blades of Glory? Yeah. It's kind of si- like Bill Murray's character is kind of similar to like Chaz Michael Michaels in that <laughs> he's yeah. like his whole sport persona is based off like sex except bill murray's is even more like direct to where like he has a commercial where he's like humping a girl from behind and like he totally like touches a girl's like breasts as like she's like walking and she's like bringing his ball back and yeah (laughs) he's just kind of like a dick yeah (laughs) terrible yeah yeah and i feel like the the fairly brothers are super horny guys yeah based on seeing they their like, movies they kind of go off of being weird horny guys yeah and, that, and this this is exactly that yeah weird horny guys all around um <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh and i was honestly like looking forward to it too because i don't know any besides the big lebowski don't really know any good like bowling movies i will so, say uh, this, this is might the, be a good bowling the second comedy. best bowling movie of the 90s probably yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh, I've never heard anything bad about it, really, and I just kind of assumed that um, since it had Bill Murray and uh, Woody Harrelson, I assumed that it was going to be good because everything Woody Harrelson did in the 90s, especially, and uh, Bill Murray for at least the beginning of the 90s, uh, was pretty solid. Like, I've been on a, a bit of a Woody Harrelson 90s run uh, these past couple of years, and... <laughs> 
everything he's in, I'm like, this rules, you know, like white men can't jump and all that, all that stuff. And, uh, yeah. and I thought it was going to start off. It was going to be that, especially in the opening scene where he's like got the hair and it's playing like the music. And oh, he rolls I love out the and, opening. Yeah. Right. And he rolls out as like a rock star bowler. And I was just yeah. like, this is going to rule this movie. And it, it really just, um, it just fell after that, like flat. Yeah. And opening just, credits. I was all in for it. Yeah, and they're yeah. just saying stupid things the whole time, and I, you know, comedies, comedies like one of those things where like if you're failing, it's either stupid or sad, and that's what a lot of this movie is. Yeah, yeah, I would have loved to just see a comedy with Bill Murray and Woody Harrelson as like two bowling rivals. You know, uh-huh. get, that's what I thought it was going to be. Don't need the whole so. Amish thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the opening credits, I was all in. I was like, "All right, this is like, this is exactly what I was hoping for." Exactly. It it cool does start off what you're County. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it, it starts off watchable, and then it's just all once, of a sudden it's not. Once the characters start talking to each other, yeah, and exactly. Then, then you're like, "Oh no, exactly. this is not what I thought." <laughs> yeah. And Bill Murray like came came in, and I was like, "Oh yes, you know, as you usually are." But then he starts talking. And everything out of his mouth is just like nonsense, and you're just like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Bill Murray, just like John C. Riley, another one of those guys that's always, always lovable. But mm-hmm. yeah, what can you do? Yeah. So if anyone is um, looking at Kingpin on Netflix, like we were, uh, and and was intrigued, I would say don't be intrigued. Uh, I'd say pass. Yeah, cause, yeah, because it would. Uh, I think it's. Uh, it will basically disappoint. Even if you're looking for just like a dumb, brainless comedy, I would still say there's, pass. Yeah, there's far better ones. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on from Kingpin, uh, do you have another to bring up then? Yeah, so I watched a um I watched a 2019 movie um called Just Mercy uh with uh oh. Michael Michael B Jordan and Jamie Foxx. Yeah. I remember seeing those... trailers for this. Yeah, yeah, you definitely know of it. Um so one of those uh one of those anti death penalty movies where a lawyer <laughs> is defending a man who wasn't rightly accused mm. um and in this case it's taking place in uh alabama where um it is uh there is racial bias ah shocking yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh michael b jordan is playing uh jamie fox plays uh the accused who's had his uh life taken away uh um you know he just spends his whole life on death row um uh, and uh michael b jordan is the brave man who goes uh to defend him and uh so this is like this isn't like right after the crime this is he's been on death row oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's been on it right uh, for a while um michael b jordan starts kind of looking through the old files and whatnot and finds some irregularities and uh he just um starts defending him and uh <laughs> not much more to, <laughs> it's not much more to say than that uh yeah it's 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 a solid flick um 
I I felt like um I've just like I just feel like I've seen this type of thing before uh you know just w- where a movie is very against how wrong the death penalty is um mm-hmm. and where you kind of form um a connection with uh the men on death row and how they have a bond with each other um and and I'd say this one's maybe more new because it's uh more focused on race um but then again you know what movie isn't about race these days um yeah so i didn't like dislike it i but i wasn't like watching it like i gotta see every scene you know yeah. that type of thing uh i just thought it was a fairly competent movie and it, it does have some uh really good scenes like the like the scene where they they give the guy the electric chair and there's all this buildup. Um, it's not Jamie Foxx. It's uh, a, 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 just a random, not a random guy, but just <laughs> one of the other guys on death row. They just some they, guy who deserved it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this guy, he had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when they give this guy, the electric chair, there's a, um, it's a very, just a somber, very like with a lot of good buildup. And it, it really just creates the emotional, uh, the emotional tone it's trying to and um but other you know for the most part other than the fact that i found i like both of these actors so much and everyone does um mm-hmm. and the fact that i am on board with uh all the ideas in the movie it just it wasn't it didn't feel like anything uh very new to me um mm-hmm. but still solid movie nice yeah i mean with the people involved it's got to be something I don't know of quality. Exactly. I definitely it's hard for me to get into um one of those nowadays. You know when I was younger it's something I would something like that I would be like, "Oh yeah, wow, like I feel like this is so important." And now it's like I when I see a trailer for it I'm like, "Okay, I I know it. I'm I'm all for its message." Like Yeah, yeah. That's like, great. It was kind of like to me yeah. like we we get it. Like the death penalty is mm. bad you know yeah that's we shouldn't kill people yeah like i took a class in college where the teacher was um her whole she i think she was a lawyer or something or and her whole all her work had all been based on you know just getting these guys off of death row and so i had Mm. like a whole section of this course on it so i just feel like i've been hammered away with it and we (laughs) had um and we also watched uh dead man walking which is a movie with like Sean oh. Penn where he's on death mm-hmm. row and, and he wasn't, he was, you know, wrongly. Well, I, I don't, I don't even think that the, I don't even think in the movie he's wrongly accused. It's more about just like, even if they um, did do it, like, you know, the, you know, just the price of taking someone's life, nevertheless, like whether, you know, the morality of it and having the authority of it, that's more what that movie was about when. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, got it. When yeah. this movie is about like whether he's, you know, actually innocent or not, it's more about the trial, hmm. um, in Just Mercy. So yeah, I've I've seen, I've had my share of death penalty movies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see The Life of David Gale? No, I haven't. That's a that's a death penalty film with uh, Kate Wins uh Winslet and Kevin Spacey, and uh. I haven't even that, heard of that. That one is very, very interesting, actually. Um, I know it's probably 
hard for anyone to watch a Kevin Spacey flick now, considering he was outed as a creep. And he mm. plays a creep in every movie he's in. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to watch Shocking. that guy. But And uh, he also happens to be creepy in the life of David Gale. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> Uh, that's another, yeah, that's another weird death penalty movie that I saw where the, I feel like the message at the end is the death penalty is not good, you know? All yeah. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's just mercy. We can leave it at that. Cool. All right. Um, I'll bring up, uh, I feel like a lot of the ones that I've brought up, I haven't liked so far. Well, I liked the great silence and sisters brothers a lot. Um, but um this one i really just hated yeah. uh and it's uh, a bowling movie too um, oh i know what you're, you're what you're gonna say yeah I, I guess it's kind of a bowling movie it's a sequel to the big lebowski the jesus rolls yeah and uh it's yeah the jesus the jesus yeah it's the unofficial big lebowski sequel just i'll say that just because yeah. the coen brothers apparently said that they're not gonna not make a big lebowski. yeah and they're not involved whatsoever yeah and they, didn't, they didn't they didn't even like executive produce or anything yeah i don't think they did yeah and it, it shows <laughs> and they wanted nothing to do with it it is um well apparently i'll, I'll read this first because apparently it's supposed to be a remake of a french movie called going places i don't know if you've seen that or i haven't um but essentially it's john turturro bobby cannavale and um oh what's her name uh audrey tato who is in like amelie and Mm -hmm. um the da vinci code like pretty Mm -hmm. renowned actress um and they're just three stupid idiots that <laughs> go around trying to have sex with as many people as possible and there's this <laughs> weird homoerotic thing between bobby cannavale and john Turturro that just is meaningless and doesn't make any not, sense at all <laughs> not funny at all it is it was so i was hoping this would at least be like a fun movie to watch and i just it just kind of made me mad because I love the Big Lebowski, and I think John Turturro's character in the Big Lebowski is funny. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. it's the best. I look forward to it probably more than anything. Yeah, and but I think it's I think <laughs> Jesus fits best as a little marginal side <laughs> character exactly. in the Big Lebowski. Right. I, you don't need a whole movie about him. Yeah, um, because I don't even. I'm trying to think back at like many bowling scenes in it there, i'm looking at the poster now there's a bowling ball on it it's all about bowling yeah i don't think there's i can't remember does it like start off at the bowling alley maybe and i think it might off? i think it starts out with him with john Turturro getting out of prison and uh, then he well and isn't he was a guy who he was a child molester right yeah he was Isn't, a sex offender. You, yeah, he's a sex offender. Yeah, that's there's his whole, whole backstory. Is that yeah. he had to go door to door and. And there's a whole scene where he's at a urinal and there's a kid next to him, and the kid is commenting on how big something is, but it's not his penis. But then he's, <laughs> I don't think so. I gotta, I don't know. I was so like, I don't know, out of it for some of this because I was just not oh, yeah, having it. It just makes you um, like that. 
but he's like describing something else that's big and some guy walks in and it sounds to him of course it sounds like he's talking about his penis and the kid's like whoa and uh so then he gets locked up so it's kind of like he was it's like he's uh, wrongfully accused wrongfully accused just like jamie fox yeah well, yeah, because you, you can't. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah. You, can't, you can't make a movie these days about an actual sex offender. Yeah. And I felt like um, it was weird because I think Bobby Cannavale picks up John Turturro from prison. Like, yeah, like he's like the guy. You know, I've, I, I thought, like, okay, if I was in prison, who would I have pick me up? You know, it would be. Uh, you know, my wife or, uh, you know, a family, a family mm-hmm. member or something. He is. So someone who, you know, really well. Right. And Bobby Cannavale picks him up and they're like friends, mm-hmm. but Bobby Cannavale like doesn't know anything about him or anybody who Jesus knows. And then all of a sudden after he's out of prison, they spark this like homosexual relationship while they're also infatuated yeah. with his friend, Audrey Tato And, um, Oh, and also John Hamm and Susan Sarandon are in this as <laughs> just weird side characters. What? They have a and Christopher Walken too. It's what? Yeah, and Pete Davidson. I'm looking at the cast and remembering all these people are in it. Pete Davidson like ends up having a sexual relationship with um, Audrey, and it's do they try they, to like, have sex jealous. with John Hamm and Susan Sarandon? Is that why? So John Turturro and um, Bobby Cannavale have a threesome with Susan Sarandon. <laughs> Spoilers, <laughs> and I'm the whole time I'm like, Susan Sarandon, you are above this. You are above this. Like it, it is like gross. Yeah, it's just gross. And That's Susan so Sarandon, gross. I think, is a great actor. And I just and so I think John Turturro and Bobby Cannavale are great actors too. I know, and it's like if she was doing it for like the bid, it'd be like it'd be like it makes sense but it's like what is the bid you guys are just having sex with each yeah. other <laughs> and they're just like groping her and i just right. feel like like wh- why are you doing this susan and i it it wasn't yeah if it would make sense if it was like funny because there are times where there's comedy movies where an actor who's usually more serious has like a little cameo um, and it's kind of funny, but this right. was like, it was weird. It was like, why are you in this movie? Um, Whew, wow. Yeah. It's just, that's mind blowing. So I will say it was, um, I didn't, I didn't like hear about this movie at all. Uh, I don't even know if it went in the, into theaters, but uh, I was on Amazon and it was a free rental. So I don't know if it still is. So if you like the big Lebowski, anyone out there and you're interested in watching this, try to find it on Amazon. But uh, it just, yeah. Did it, it come was out in weird. 2019? So it's a, uh, it technically came out in festivals in 2019, but it wasn't, let's see, it was um, theatrically released in Italy in October 2019 and in the United States on February 28th, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so it yeah, premiered at festivals last year, but just came out widespread in the U.S., 2020 so it's a 2020 film technically Hmm. yeah i mean i have some i have some weird films to talk about going forward and we have another really weird film to talk about but it's it's gonna be hard to beat uh to beat that i can't get the image of the 
the threesome out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so so ridiculous. It's just there's I don't I don't I don't understand why it needed to be made, and I'm I totally see why the Cohen brothers didn't have anything to do with it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it was directed and written by John Turturro and John Turturro alone. So. Yeah, what the hell yeah. is he doing? I don't know what is going he's on like with a, him these days. <laughs> it's really strange because he's like a very, um, just he's just like the definition of a serious, respected, you know, like esteemed actor. You know, yeah. so yeah, that's it's odd. Another very likable guy, but I think he just probably thought it like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. did not think about anything else. Yeah, it is a character that everyone loves, but. This, I mean, if this didn't, if you told me that um, this didn't have anything to do with Big Lebowski, like I would have believed you. You know, I, there, there's nothing that there's nothing is like reminiscent. no callbacks. Yeah, yeah, hardly anything. Maybe a little bit of bowling, but uh, yeah, other than that, it's really it seems like just a random movie about these three idiots that no one knows, um, just trying to have sex constantly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that's the jesus rolls that is nuts that yeah. is nuts well how, how do i follow that well yeah <laughs> anyway uh yeah anything uh anything that you uh, saw of note that didn't make you angry i guess yeah <laughs> i definitely i definitely do um so i i'll just bring this up real quick i rewatched um i rewatched parasite um mm. For, because my family just decided to buy it so nice we have parasite now <laughs> it's done <laughs> nice. um and uh yeah i got i've been wanting to do that for a while i just got a ton more out of it like i thought and i will probably mm-hmm. watch it again uh um yeah yeah that's on uh for anyone out there that's on hulu, it's on hulu now, now. yeah right like the week after my family bought it um <laughs> And I think a few other uh, Bong Joon-ho movies were just added to Hulu. Oh, sick. I will definitely um, get to that. Yeah. I know Barking Dogs Never Bite is one of those, and I haven't seen that yet. So mm. I'm going to try to get to that one. Uh, I'm going to skip to this film next uh, because I want to follow up to Jesus Right. Um, <laughs> this is my personal... Uh, out of all my individual watches, the weirdest one easily that I watched. Um, it's Good Time Max. Good Time uh, Max. It's a, this is a movie starring, directed, and written by James Franco in 2008. Uh, hmm. And it's not his directorial debut, um, but I believe it is the second film he directed. Um, uh, the the log line for this film would be uh, two genius brothers grow up and grow apart <laughs> as one becomes a successful surgeon and the other pursues a drug fueled high life. Um, so when the movie kind of basically opens on um, James Franco is a cocaine dealer <laughs> and he lives, you know, he lives life on the edge as a cocaine dealer and he's the film opens and he's like he's clearly about to uh the the guy who's buying from him he's like he's like opening up the you know the product check out the product and he's like not that end open up the other end and so it's clearly you know like james franco's ripping this guy off right 
but mm-hmm. so he gets so he gets away with it but then the guy comes b- back to like just beat the shit out of him later and i think james franco kills the guy <laughs> um, and it leads to him going to prison um i believe maybe he goes to prison i don't know but it leads to him <laughs> like having to be like i need to clean up you know my life i need to live a normal life and so his brother who's a surgeon um says you know let's you know come move in with me i'm a surgeon in la you know come live with me so they both like go to la together um and franco's franco or max uh starts working just at an office and it is really not ever described what he does. He just literally is in a cubicle. <laughs> they just literally put him in a cubicle and he starts working and he's just like, one day he's just like, it's so boring. How do you guys do this? And then his cubicle mate just like pulls out some drugs and he's like, oh no, I can't do Coke, man. I'm trying to stay clean. He's like, oh no, man, this isn't Coke. This is meth. And so then they start snorting meth and and the, it, this becomes just then he just goes down a drug like just drug party rabbit hole where he's just constantly snorting meth and doing it at work. And he's like the, him and the guys are snorting meth at work. Um, so that's like the plot. And eventually he ends up drug dealing again. Uh, so that's the plot, but the movie itself um, is like the weirdest. It's the weirdest thing. It almost felt like the room at times where you're just like, <laughs> "What?" You're like, "What is this?" This is like ran so random. Just like the fact that things are just like happening uh, out of nowhere, and, um, and and James Franco's performance is also just so go- like goofy like so goofy like it's always awkward and he's always doing like one of his franco like you know like smiles like one of his big franco smiles and he clearly has like no um experience doing drugs (laughs) because because he does he just comes off as a weirdo and uh, this movie uh, on this movie is just hard to to describe uh it's really hard to describe um, you almost just have to see it, uh, yeah. and, and then you'll you'll be like, yeah, you're, you're like, what the what the hell? Like, there there's a scene where James where they're doing uh, they're snorting meth in the bathroom at work, and and he he just Max asks a guy to like punch him, and so they the guy just starts punching him in the stomach, and then he gets like hurt actually, and then he then he just starts pounding on the guy in the face. <laughs> it's just like it's just like shit like that is just every scene. <laughs> what? Yeah, what? Like, yeah. It, it's always it's always just really odd. Um, and it's like an hour and twenty minutes of a film, but yet he packs in so much stuff. He packs in so much. Um, and it's like it's like an artsy movie in a way and weird yeah it's like an artsy movie and it it also tries to be a little satirical because like in the sense that he's like all he does is work in a cubicle and that's all it ever is all it ever is um Mm. and it's and just because it's so absurd um 
and so it ends up eventually connecting to where like his brother and ends up having a drug problem too (laughs) and he's a surgeon so he's like starts getting high while doing surgery jesus and yeah so then he like loses (laughs) the ending is like his brother like his brother like loses his medical license but only for like two years (laughs) <laughs> he's like you're like J- like like james like james is like so what now he's like well i can't practice medicine for two years it's like well you should have never be, be able to yeah. practice medicine again after what you did um, who is gonna trust you after yeah, that? yeah so it kind of ends like saying oh no these guys are on the because they have all these differences during it because james is a drug addict and but it ends up saying these guys are actually exactly the same and the movie <laughs> fades out and it says the words appear on screen on screen like to my brother dave it's really, really? yeah right it's Whoa. really strange it's like i just i kind of just like want to know yeah. how this relates to your relationship with how jay to your guys's relationship like yeah that doesn't seem like them at all no not at all it's it's very weird like maybe yeah that is weird i i'm so confused by that (laughs) yeah it's the that's like the biggest twist but so i will say after all that i kind of liked the movie (laughs) i was like in it the whole way and i laughed a shit ton there you Um, go yeah and yeah, I, I I it was totally worth the watch. I would I would recommend nice. I would recommend watching it. I I forget that like James Franco directed a lot um you know prior to The Disaster Artist. Oh yeah, like a he's, ton. So he's a I've been huge diving into a guy. lot of those. Yeah. yeah. I've been diving into a lot of those and this is they're all weird, but this is the most like blatantly weird where like you don't you like don't have to dive into the reasoning as much it's just like it's just a weird film like if you look at the Mm -hmm. cover if you look for this movie on hulu and you see the cover of good time max it's like oh yeah that's probably a weird ass movie (laughs) yeah yeah it almost looks like his character from spring breakers but with glasses and looking at the poster right now yeah and it's so weird him and his brother like both wear glasses in this movie and it almost feels i don't know why what the point of it was but almost like the film wanted to like make that a point like these both these guys wear glasses <laughs> it's like uh, yeah. okay <laughs> yeah hmm interesting oh all yeah, right that's good time max good time max um uh, well, should we go with our last overlap or should should we uh save that for the very end let's save it for the very end yeah let's okay. build up the suspense yes <laughs> well uh i'll go with one that uh, i really enjoyed then since the last one i talked about um i didn't but i, f- I think this is one you've seen it's always fair weather the uh stanley don and gene kelly uh no i've i've seen singing in the rain oh gotcha first i've just figured you had already seen this one yeah because i'm always (laughs) saying i watched another gene kelly john yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah i mean this is a um man i think this was before singing in the rain uh no this is three years after it's funny didn't stanley donvin direct singing in the rain 
Yeah, he did. With Gene Kelly. Yep. So they, so this they is... decided to make their back-to-back weather weather musicals. Yeah, it's always fair weather with these two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they... <laughs> they, uh... Um, well, Gene Kelly um, is obviously uh, great in this, I think. Um, it's not um, to the same magnitude as Singing in the Rain or An yeah. American in Paris. Yeah. Um, but it's a really uh, enjoyable musical. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's basically about these three uh, World War II um, vets who, at uh, the beginning, it starts out, you know, they just get back from... Uh, um, from the war and just like any veteran does right when they get back to the states they just start singing and dancing yeah uh, it's know, like on know. the town type yeah, shit. yeah yeah there's nothing they don't have any ptsd from what they just experienced overseas <laughs> right, they're just right, loving right. The, they were loving in, life and they were in world war ii which wasn't a big deal <laughs> yeah yeah it's just so funny to see like these old-timey movies with these um like war guys and yeah. they're coming back and they're all chippy and yeah and they're like on the toe <laughs> yeah we're all, yeah this it starts out the same way it's like right springtime totally is the best time <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's find some women <laughs> yeah, it was like i just saw like 10 uh 10 people uh like within feet of me just get blown up but uh, I'm super happy to be back here in New York City. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's such a groovy time to be yeah. in the city. <laughs> <laughs> but it basically it spans a few years, and it's like these three guys who say, "All right, you know, in in ten years, we're all gonna meet up again at this bar that we always oh. used to go to." Mm. And then in ten years, they're all like, "Ah, you know, that guy's not gonna show up. They're not gonna oh. show up." And then they all, "Oh, hey, we all showed up," and they're like. Their lives are all different. Gene Kelly is this guy who never has really figured out what he wants to do. And one of the guys has settled down with a wife and kids and a job. And um, I forget about the other guy. But uh, basically, it's uh, it's pretty funny, too. They all meet up together again and then realize it, it's like, um, you know, people who think that they're high school friends, they're going to be like, friends forever yeah they're going to be in nursing homes together yeah um that sort of thing they meet up and they are all like they they start have a good time because they haven't seen each other in a while and then there's a really funny scene i thought where they were all like in this booth and they're all singing about oh my god i think they all like hate me like this is really dumb why did we all do this and but they're all singing in their mind and you only see their facial expressions Hmm. And it shows all of them, and I thought I don't know. I really yeah, love this scene because it's not just, something I've ever seen in a musical. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a little unique. They're all just staring at the camera, like these like weird faces, and it was singing like just about what they were thinking, just their inner monologue at the time. Right. That's um, cool. Yeah, and in the end, I mean, uh, Gene Kelly falls in love mm-hmm. as always, but yeah. uh, and they all sort of I don't know. They. Uh, they come they come back together as like these three best friends and it's mm. it's nice yeah there's some good musical numbers it's, yeah how's uh, the uh, it's always nice fair watch. weather number yeah you, it was you meet good the hype <laughs> it's definitely not as memorable as anything in singing in the rain or um an american in paris but uh as in it's it's probably not something that i would go back and just listen to on its own but still like the music was was really good and um uh yeah just a, a solid nice. uh, Gene Kelly musical. 
It is, did you watch it on um, Criterion? Yeah, somewhere I think this else. Is on, this is either on Criterion or TCM. Okay. I think it might have been on TCM. I want to check it out because I need to wash out the stink from uh, Take Me Out to the Ball Game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I still want to watch Take Me Out to the Ball Game, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was on TCM. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. But, uh, yeah, that's it's always fair weather. That's Of all of these that that we've watched in the past couple of weeks is probably my favorite um favorite out of all of them nice. this for the great silence yeah nice um so i'll bring I'll, I'll connect that to a musical ish film that i watched which i uh what did not like that much uh <laughs> i'm on a yeah i'm not doing well in the the musical department lately obviously um mm. so i watched yeah. a a musical comedy by the great Howard Hawks called a song is born. Um, Oh yeah. Which um, I thought was going to be a lot better than I thought. Song is born. That's confusing title. Cause I think of a star is born. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I mean, I think that both films, uh, both films, like they they inspired the other and were made by similar producers or something. I think I read that somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, but I would say one of the first things to bring up from a song is born is that Louis Armstrong is in it. Whoa! Which is pretty wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I will say that the music is like, it's really good <laughs> in in the movie. <laughs> um, I just like did not really care for um just didn't really care for the plot um and i it was it's just about a bunch of um it's about a bunch of uh, music scholars who are trying to discover um discover swing mu like swing music and essentially play more like uh like louis armstrong and his crew mm-hmm. um like like there's a scene at the beginning where uh louis armstrong just like plays the piano and creates this like excellent rhythm and they're like look at that he breaks all the rules. <laughs> yeah. Like, how does he do it? And then, so they, they like basically start, um, just studying, uh, that for the, like the rest of the movie. And when there's just not music mm. scenes going on in this, I just like did not, uh, care. I did not think there was mm. enough going on. Um, and it, and it eventually forms, um, like into a romance with uh, Virginia Mayo, who kind of enters, who just kind, of, who's a singer, who kind of comes along, and the movie kind of stalled for me, and it mm. was just kind of strange. All these men just kind of acted like the seven dwarves. Whenever she was in the room, they just were kind of like, like scurrying away, and they're like, "Oh, there she is," you know, like <laughs> like hanging over like a a stairway, looking at her. Um, it was just kind of like a very childish thing that I've just, I just like, I'm tired of seeing. <laughs> hmm. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I, I thought that the movie had a lot of, it had a lot of funny stuff, had a lot of great music, had some good scenes, but as a whole, I was, I, I was just like, eh, I didn't really need to see that. Um, hmm. in comparison to a lot of the things that I've seen from Howard Hawks, which is very right. grandiose and a must see. Um, like I've, I put this at the bottom of my Howard Hawks list, uh, sadly, but something has, something has to be at the bottom, I guess. Yeah. Right. That's uh yeah, it's interesting what you said about how it kind of stalls at some points. Cause I think 
a reason I liked It's Always Fair Weather a lot is that it had consistently like good energy exactly. throughout. Like exactly. I, I never, I was never like, oh, this scene. Uh, yeah, you it's know. hard to find like in musicals. Sometimes you just realize that when there's no music going on, they just kind of try. They almost like coast off of mm-hmm. just. They think they can coast off of like just charm and a few witty lines alone. And I'm just like, no, yeah. do something. You need some <laughs> substance. Yeah. I forgot to even mention there's like an underlying like mafia plot in um, It's Always Fair Weather too, where they're yeah, there isn't trying a, to there isn't a the song mafia. is born as well. Interesting. Kind of, okay. Where Virginia Mayo is kind of owned by the mafia and um, <laughs> at the end they're kind of trying to stay kind of um, there's kind of a good scene where they're. Uh, the, the guy's got like a gun to them and they're trying to save themselves like by knocking over this bowl on top of a shelf by just playing music loud enough. But the guy kind of thinks, you know, he's they're playing, he's they're playing for him and entertaining him. And they're just kind of looking at the bowl the whole time. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's a weird movie. Hmm, yeah. It sounds weird. And uh, I don't know how you feel about Danny Kay. I've only seen him in um, white Christmas but something about Danny Kay, <laughs> I just don't Danny. really like. I just thought, yeah. yeah, I thought he, I didn't like, none of the actors to me stood out in this at all. Um, yeah. There's something about Gene Kelly that is just inherently likable. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Because White Christmas is another like musical that Danny Kay was in with Bing Crosby. And I didn't particularly like either of them danny k doesn't like sing in this at all either he really just, wow. no i'm pretty sure he didn't um he's just always he's in the talking scenes and kind of like conducts hmm. um yeah i just i just remember all every performance i thought was so by the book and nothing nothing standed out stood out at all and uh yeah hmm. yeah i'd say pass on a song is born well good to know Good to know as I try to watch some more Howard Hawks, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. I probably have one more individual one. Uh, okay, I maybe I maybe have, like, two. Two? Okay, I'm I can like, match. I can I'm not two. really I'm not really going off, like, anything, like, specific. I just kind of decided to bring up a musical since you did. I wasn't probably yeah. <laughs> even going to bring it up. Well... Then I'll I'll bring up one that kind of ah no 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 I'm not gonna bring that one up because I don't really care to talk about it. But uh, what I will bring up are uh, a couple together um, briefly, and that's um, we talked a little bit about John Carpenter last time because I was trying to see more of his, um, and I recently watched In the Mouth of Madness mm-hmm. on Shutter, and I watched another one called um, Bride of Reanimator. Nice. So I'll, first ones yeah. with Sam Neill, right? Yep. Yeah, so I'll talk about that one. Trying to see that one for a while because of that, because it's with Sam Neill. Yeah, Sam Neill. He's great in it, um, and it's um, it's a different John Carpenter movie. It's it doesn't feel like uh, you know this. I think this came out in the '90s. Yeah, mid '90s, '94, and it doesn't feel like the '80s John Carpenter movies um or like halloween or the thing it yeah more um, like a typical it, movie movie yeah it's uh well it's about um you know this book 
that's people read it and they become uh not possessed but um you know like crazy shit happens to them when they and they read this book and hmm. and the author like sounds a little like, like uh jumanji it's almost like that <laughs> yeah yeah and uh i guess i don't want to give too much away because i feel like there's even things that happen early on in the movie that um at least when i was watching it for the first time without not, not without knowing much about it i didn't expect um but uh yeah i mean it basically starts out sam sam neil is this really messed up serial killer-ish guy um who's in like solitary confinement um who has all these weird like visions and stuff and uh and then it sort of brings you back um in these a lot of these flashbacks of you know what got him to that to be that way um and i don't want to give up too much more about that but um it's definitely a really solid um creepy thriller and uh yeah I mean, I would, I would definitely recommend it. It doesn't stand out to me as much as John Carpenter's other movies. It's not one that I guess would go back to and watch as much, mm-hmm. um, but still a really solid one. And so, yeah, Sam Neill is great in it because he has this, um, you know, he has to play these two different roles really where he's this psychotic, yeah. crazy guy. And then he's also, um, you know, just a normal, normal human being too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's that interesting cool. dynamic between that. Uh, definitely worth a watch. Um, and then the other one that I saw on Shudder was uh, Bride of Reanimator, which I just wanted to bring <laughs> up because we talked a little bit about practical effects last time. And uh, I remember Reanimator is one of the movies I'd seen in the past year that I really liked. Yeah, um, still haven't this... seen it. I, I I thought that's what mm. I was thinking. I was like, is there a isn't there a reanimator? <laughs> yeah, yeah, or is it just Bride of Reanimator? But yeah, so there's an anim- reanimator too. Yeah, Bride of Reanimator is the sequel. Yep, and uh, it's still uh it's definitely not as not as good. Reanimator I really loved, and it has incredible practical effects mm-hmm. that just make it a really really fun eighties. Um, sort of schlock campy horror movie Mm -hmm. and um bride of the reanimator definitely has all that same feel and atmosphere to it um and same like great practical effects um the only thing with bride of the reanimator is like that's kind of all to me all it has going for it is it has really like fun and unique practical effects yeah um and just sort of the same feel of the uh of the original one Uh, but just the the storyline i just kind of uh messy and weird and poor uh, see a poor sequel or spinoff yeah. mm-hmm. but still it was still fun you know i didn't um i didn't think it was uh i think it was worth a watch for sure but uh reanimator is one that i would really recommend and uh yeah it just i wanted to bring up that too because we talked about practical effects and yeah um just how great those can be and these are like these little horror movies that aren't um, super mainstream that just have some of the uh, most creative effects, I think. Yeah, like um, the evil, evil Dead type evil stuff. Evil Dead, yeah, exactly. Yep. There's that, like, Evil Dead, uh, like, spinoff where it's, like, Evil Dead versus something. Oh, Ash versus Evil Dead. Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, I, I wonder how that, that. I've always wondered how that one is. That kind of reminds yeah. me of, when you, of that when you said uh, The Bride of Reanimator. I feel like that's a pretty popular show. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen that at all. Uh, yeah. So those nice. are some uh, some, some horror watches. Some yeah. horrors. Yeah. So I've got a I've got a 2020 watch to bring up. Ooh. Uh, my only other 2020 watch has been Spencer Confidential. Uh, <laughs> so the bar is not very high. Um, but I saw I watched uh, Bad Boys for Life. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, it was a uh, really good. Um, I wasn't really looking forward to it. I'll be honest, because I don't know. I was just kind of like, I don't know. Why should I care about the third Bad Boys movie that's been made <laughs> so many years later? And it's you know Michael Bay doesn't have like, not he's not directing it. You know why should I? You know it's clearly just like a a cash grab. You know why should I it's care? Another reboot. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, why should mm. I care? But um. It it just ended up being really fun, um, and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence were as uh, likable as ever. Uh, Martin Lawrence is was just as funny uh, as ever. Uh, he made me laugh so much in it, and um, their dynamic did too. And um, just a lot of fun, uh, fun action scenes, and uh, yeah, it kind of it like. It um it convinced me that it deserved to exist as it uh as it went on kind of in the same way like Toy Story four did for everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I can see that. That's. I'm glad you made that comparison because then I can kind of tell. I don't know what I would get out of it. I definitely was interested in seeing it, but uh, yeah, it's one of those that I would just wait for it to be streaming somewhere. Cause yeah. I, overall, I remember liking both of the bad boys movies yeah. growing up. Um, but I, definitely I, I was, like them, but they're not like, I don't like hold them that close, you know? Yeah. I was never like, I would have been fine without another bad boys movie. Oh, you know, totally. I wouldn't be asking for it, but uh, yeah, I definitely interested in watching it. And obviously I uh, love Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, Martin Lawrence is hilarious. And he really, it's like almost so effortless how, how much he makes me laugh in this movie <laughs> and uh with with that coming off of like like the beach bum it's like a pretty good uh pretty good oh, two movies yeah. for martin lawrence uh comedy wise i was just trying to remember what else he's done lately yeah beach bum i forgot he was in that yeah he was in that yeah. <laughs> that's really it <laughs> wow yeah cool bad yeah, boys so that's for bad life. boys for life and i guess um so that's that and i have one more to bring up like as I, as we're going on i realize that there's probably other movies that like i didn't need to bring up <laughs> um, but you know whatever yeah. I, I i'm good on my list i think i've said all the ones that i i think are worth bringing up besides the last one that we'll talk about yeah it's hard to um, sell it's hard to self edit yourself as you go on i guess yeah. um <laughs> but I watch. This is definitely one that I um, have to bring up. Um, yes, and it's my last one. I'll, I'll make it my last one. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> "Stop Making Sense," the Talking Heads movie, oh. Jonathan Demi. Uh, something that uh, has been, you know, talked up to me for such a long time now, and I finally watched it, and is uh, definitely is worth one, one worth bringing up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I had a great, great time watching this, and we'll probably put it on while doing things in the future. Uh, 
and uh, it's one that if anyone isn't into the talking heads already, you will uh, for sure be into them after, including uh, and also be into David Byrne afterwards. And yeah, uh, yeah it was awesome. Is uh, as good as advertised. Yeah, I always liked the talking heads and I would listen to their music like passively. And then I watched that and I was like completely <laughs> yeah. blown away. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I think I watched it like the perfect time band. too. Yeah, they're yeah. an unreal band. Like they're like uh they're like on uh like Radiohead level for me now. Mhm. Yeah, Radiohead, that's how they got their their name. Yeah. From exactly. a Talking Heads song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the and the film just kind of captures so well how like the band like not just like like David especially like David Burns just like weird brilliance because it just has yeah. so many close-ups of uh, David Byrne but I it just also like just shows the you know just the different elements of the band working together as one that's like probably what I en- enjoy most about concert movies like the Radiohead in the basement thing how it just shows yeah. how all the instruments are connected during the the jam outs like th- th- this does that so well mm-hmm. and it yeah it's interesting because it's fairly simple on the surface you know there's not these huge light shows and pyrotechnics no and all yeah crazy yeah stuff exactly going on. and it's not even very yeah it's like there's no lights at all it's actually a very dark like set but yeah, yeah. It's, it's like filmed like so well yeah and yeah, and David Byrne is just so infectious to watch. Yeah, he, yeah, he just does all these weird, quirky, uh, little things that anyone else doing them it would just seem out of place and and strange. But yeah, he's just very yeah. comfortable. Yeah, yeah, and it, it the band just has so much rhythm that like I was just like down in my basement, just like bobbing my head alone for like yeah. an hour. You know? <laughs> yeah, that is such a. I don't know. It might be my f- my favorite concert film. Yeah. Uh, that I've seen, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Going, really good. It'll going make you off listen that to genre, heads uh, I think Radiohead said that they're gonna like release a bunch of uh, concert uh, movies because of the quarantine. Oh, that'd be sweet. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the um, Radiohead Public Library at all? No. What is that? So it's just on their website, but I well I think it has a different URL though. But it's um, they put on their what they call their public library all these different live performances um, mm. throughout the years, all these like B sides, random songs. That's cool. Um, and other like cool things that's just like all free um, to see and use, watch, listen to on their yeah. Uh, website. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm definitely gonna watch what they release because um, it was like one of the best shows I've ever been to when I saw them. It was, it's like Mm -hmm. really sticks in my mind. So like, yeah, if anything they do live, I'm, I'm, I'm there or at home watching it (laughs) as everyone is. I'm mad. We didn't, we haven't seen them together because I, the only time I've seen Radiohead was like a week after we graduated high school. Oh yeah. I, yeah, Yeah. I saw them. I can't believe we didn't go to that together. I saw them. Well, I don't, I wasn't even into Radiohead then oh okay um but i saw them because i saw them like uh like two years ago oh that's yeah that's when so i saw them so many years after you saw them that would have been after um a moon-shaped pool yeah the moon-shaped pool show yeah. yeah yeah again i've been dying to see them again yeah yeah, yeah i would nice. totally i would totally see them again it was quite a show it was just 
like we were all we were all like sitting down in, in like the <laughs> united center and just like all just kind of like in a trance just staring at their like visuals and just like as they just like mm-hmm. they're just doing their thing it was yeah like it was like yeah it was i haven't been to a show like that ever yeah it's definitely different than most concerts i've i've ever been to yeah nice yeah stop making sense great yeah great if, concert uh, film. I, and when i'm watching this thing i'm like looking at all of the like all the white dudes in the audience and, and i'm just like <laughs> wow i'm so jealous of all these guys like you can <laughs> tell they're just jamming out so yeah. much you know what i mean and that's yeah. like probably like what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking of most when i'm watching this is i'm like i'm jamming out at home like imagine what these people were like <laughs> in the I can't imagine, auditorium yeah yeah and, and there's few shots of the audience itself but when you do see it it's like a white dude with long hair <laughs> wearing glasses and he is just bobbing his head out looking out of his mind happy yeah <laughs> like yeah crazy <laughs> yeah. They, it would be a great story to uh like you know had you been at a at that concert which has become like so iconic mm-hmm. yeah yeah One someone's few someone's dad out there has a great story about when he was at the uh, <laughs> exactly. taping exactly yeah yeah, yeah nice. but that would that would be the end of of my individual lot watches so much all right yeah wow I'm we t- have i'm definitely gonna try <laughs> to edit myself better uh the next time we do this hey i mean we have nothing nothing else to do really yeah right i now. mean ex- exactly <laughs> um but uh yeah all right well then we'll <laughs> We'll cap her off with, uh, which the, brings uh, us to the big mule. daddy of them all, the yeah. mule. <laughs> <laughs> after the all this, after that, after Eastwood. all this, that's what we decided to end it with. Yeah, and uh, it's, the grand finale it's for for a reason. I watched. I don't know about you, but I watched this movie today, and uh, I just I, I watched this on April sixth. All right, I have that in my log. Yeah, three days ago. I just and I, I yeah. So I watched this today, and I just. I just couldn't be- I just couldn't believe it really. It's what it's uh it's not uh maybe as weird as like uh the Jesus or uh Good Time Max, but it is up there with one of the weirdest films I've ever seen. Yeah. For sure. It is Clint Eastwood at his old man crotchetiest. Yes. You know. So old. He has like the the weirdest old man lines in it too. Right. Without- yeah. Hey, he says something may, like, "He's like maybe if you weren't looking at your phone, you'd be able to work that ice machine." <laughs> yeah, that ice machine. You know that ice machine like, broke. It. Yeah, yeah. And he says something else too when he's uh, he's like on the side of the road. I think it maybe he'd just gotten pulled over. He's like, "Man, like these kids these days, they can't open up a fruit box without calling the internet." <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, exactly. What? I don't even. I don't know anything I, uh, about that whole sentence what that means yeah he's he's acting like he's making some huge point or being or like just making fun of a whole generation when all he does is just sound like a an old man yeah it was uh i i think i enjoyed i it's weird i think i enjoyed the mule um but not in the the sense that i think it was meant to be enjoyed yeah i enjoyed it for like those weird weird lines that uh that yeah. Clint Eastwood said that made zero sense and then yeah. his 
just like buddy or buddy relationship with these guys in the cartel the cartel yeah what's funny is the yeah. movie starts off and he's you know clint eastwood and he's really old and then mm. it goes like 17 years <laughs> later and yeah not, oh my God, it's yeah. like how is this guy still alive he's still the same they old didn't guy, even try yeah. to make him look younger for that like flashback or whatever yeah it is. yeah i i totally missed that yeah that like he's ridiculous he's still so old yeah he's the same exact guy 17 years later yeah yeah and he's just he's like such an opinionated guy obviously yeah younger generation but then i felt like he was so easily swayed into becoming a drug mule well yeah and he uh, he doesn't even really like um he doesn't even know what he's getting into the whole time he's just like an ignorant (laughs) guy and then like He's like acts really surprised when he opens up the bag after his like third trip, and yeah. he's like, "Oh my God, there's drugs in there!" And it's like, "Well, yeah, you, the guys who you're dealing with do carry a giant machine gun every time you pick yeah. up the stuff, and they don't tell you what it is." But yet he's like, "Oh my God, it's drugs!" <laughs> yeah. And sometimes he would like, um, he would like step up to the to the cartel members or scary guys i guess and then other times he was so like he seemed so scared yeah he was like so old man like playing the old man thing like i don't know i'm just here i'm just here to drive you know i just drive yeah Yeah. and yeah then other times he'd be like he'd be like wanting to fight with some guy yeah yeah he's like i'm not yeah yeah he has one time where he's like hey i'm not scared of you i killed a lot of guys in korea Wait, yeah. which is very similar to a movie another Clint Eastwood movie Gran Torino where he yeah. was also a Korean War veteran I don't know what his deal <laughs> was is, he's always has to be a Korean War veteran yeah was he actually like in real life is he a Korean War veteran I don't know I wouldn't be surprised but I don't know wouldn't yeah. wouldn't that mean he wouldn't have been able to be in the movies he was in maybe because wasn't his uh, career I'm, huge in the 60s? But maybe Korea was... Yeah, in no, he wasn't. 50. He wasn't in the military, yeah. He was never in the military, but his characters yeah. are always in the military. They, all the movies he does, every character, yeah, they're always in the military. Yeah. I thought I thought the movie was, like, um, pretty uh, unintentionally racist uh, yeah. as well. Oh, um, it definitely was, yeah. Um, when I think like it's not really trying to be, I think it's Clint Eastwood just being too old and trying to like form a connection with another group of people mm-hmm. and, you know, showing them co- coexisting and showing that they're kind of like similar because he does kind of do that. But yeah, there's like a lot of just like blatantly racist scenes. Yeah. Uh, the movie was like, it was like a character of a, of itself almost. It's like, Clint Eastwood making this movie about a guy who thinks he's like being relatable to these minorities. Yeah. Um, while he's also in real life doing the exact same thing, acting like he's being relatable to these minorities when he's not at all. And yeah, yeah just out of touch it's, a it's little re- bit. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like that. Like it's not like offensive really, but it is yeah. like, if you're paying attention enough, you're like, oh, there's racism there. And, um, oh, yeah, that was racist there, too. And <laughs> yeah. you, 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 but the movie, is, it, it is very, like, watchable. 
So you're like yeah. I was very mm-hmm. like in it the whole time. Yeah. So you get to it, catch. So you get to catch all the racism. Yeah. <laughs> as it's going on, there's a scene where um Bradley Cooper, uh, who plays the DEA agent, he um he goes into the bre- like the, the the um interrogation room and he's like. All right, so what's going on, amigo? And the guy's like, <laughs> "I'm not Mexican, I'm Filipino." <laughs> Filipino, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah, it's just like shit like that. And then there's like a scene where um they're at a pulled pork place in in the like, <laughs> yeah. in the country. <laughs> yeah. And the guy's like, "Why are we here?" And Clint's like, this is the best pulled pork in the Midwest. <laughs> and then all of these, like, t- all these, like, uh, small town people are just staring at the two cartel guys, like, for no reason at all. Like, probably just because they're Mexican. And then yeah. the cop mm-hmm. approaches them after, like, what are you doing in this town? Are you under some criminal activity? And then they, like, lets him off because Clint offers him, like, like corn or something pecans isn't it i th- or is that a different one i think he offers the other cop pecans i think he offers a oh cop- yeah 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 he offers You're a right. cartel yeah. guy or a cop pecans and he offers this specific one like barrels of corn yeah and then the cop just walks away yeah yeah like nothing yeah yeah it's it's really strange. yeah and Something else I noticed too is that uh, Clint Eastwood really loves butts. Yeah, there's a lot of ass scenes. Yeah, in, uh, like the the dancing. So yeah, so I was ready for <laughs> I was ready for him to have threesomes, um, yeah. because of the John Mulaney Pete Davidson um, review yes. on SNL. Yeah, and so I was ready for a threesome, but then he has like another threesome. He has like two. Yeah. And then yeah, and then he's partying with the cartel people and he enters the the house and he like there's like a um like a black girl kind of walks by in a bikini and he just kind of like glances at her ass as she walks by and then later he's like dancing up up in close with like this girl and yeah, yeah. this girl with a big ass. Yeah. And that scene, I mean, you could you got to put like a counter as to how many different butts you see throughout yeah. this whole entire scene which it's is just... something you expect in a fast and the furious movie not a clint eastwood yeah. movie yeah so you see a different side of uh of clint this time yeah uh, I, during taste. that the, the exact uh party scene the fiesta if you will yeah. um <laughs> the the fiesta scene that we're talking about i had my mouth open the whole <laughs> time i just could not believe what was going on like and just, he was, he was still talking to everybody like he was their like weird grandpa trying to right? make jokes too. Yeah, yeah. And they all were like fine with it. They're all like, "Oh yeah, you're crazy yeah, old guy." Yeah. Yeah, and he's just like dancing like up close with all these really young women, yeah. prostitutes, women who are just you know obviously under the cartel payroll. And then he yeah, and then he goes up to the room and he's about to have sex with this girl, and then another girl comes in. Yeah. And so then they turn off the lights and then they lay down. You're like, oh, okay. So he's going to have another threesome. <laughs> that, yeah, it was so odd. I, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like Clint Eastwood sees him as this, sees himself as this like 
comedic genius or something that he's putting yeah. himself in these situations with the cartel and he's like oh yeah this would be hilarious if i if i said this here you know it's, yeah or i don't know he, i don't know he what. thinks he has like so much charm about him yeah i don't and really know. he just seems he just comes off as creepy to me the whole the whole yeah. time it's creepy and weird yeah yeah it, there i don't know there were moments during this movie where i was like i had these kind of uh these um these kind of joker thoughts where i was like because I, I i've said this about the joker i don't think on the show but like to people um i was i i said like someone should have stopped todd phillips uh, you know <laughs> like someone should have stopped him like out of all the people you know who worked on it why didn't anyone stop him and that's kind of how i felt about a lot of things in the mule i was like why didn't anyone say anything to clint eastwood about yeah. this you know bradley cooper like he's, he seems pretty woke and <laughs> how come he he was in another clint eastwood movie yeah well Talk it's just it's yeah. just one of those things where clint eastwood was just like so respected in the movie business that yeah. and at, at, at this point like he also what can st- you say he also makes a, a movie a year like and he's literally gets anyone he wants to be in all of his films um mm-hmm. and yeah, no one's gonna really say anything. <laughs> yeah, there's too much. Yeah, tread. what can you say there's to him? There's too much yeah. tread behind Clint Eastwood. Yeah, um, he's too big. But the thing is, too, is like I just I'm picturing like the theaters, you know, who went to go see like the Mule or something like that, and I'm just like I picture them all to be like very old, like the demographic yeah. who saw the Mule. Definitely. Um, yeah, and they probably they probably, they probably enjoyed thought all it of more. his jokes were hilarious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> There's another weird uh, old man scene in this where, uh, oh my god, I can't remember what it. It must be like the reception for his like granddaughter's wedding, but uh, there's like this dance like EDM song going on, and it's like loud and it's like super high energy. Yeah. And Clint Eastwood is like dancing with his daughter, like they're like holding each other as if it's a uh like some swing song and they're mm. dancing so weird and, and they're like, slow. Yeah, like that and it, it was so weird to me because i've i've never seen people dance to that type of music that <laughs> yeah. way and i just felt like uh clint eastwood was like oh you know people dance like this to like whatever is popular these days you know yeah. what's popular we'll put some like electronic song in here and we'll, yeah yeah it, it was so just so weird but also hilarious to me i thought the relationship with the family was like very strange uh as well like i i I know that it's um it's like the whole thing too like Mm -hmm. it's the whole point of the movie um but it's just like it's just strange how he he just shows up um to the like the wedding reception or something and like no one wants to talk to him and they were like and the old, the main reason is like you were just so obsessed with your flowers <laughs> all yeah. this time. It's like that's like the reason. That's like I know they're like trying to paint him as kind of like a piece of shit and like a selfish guy who lost time. But like I don't know. There's no better reason than that he was just really into his gardening. Yeah, I. Yeah, they really they really hated him for for certain reasons yeah is, but of course like too. the granddaughter's like so into him they're like oh yeah, my he's god not that bad. grandpa's here you know <laughs> yeah. she's like, so, like she, so she's like too into him 
but yeah. then but then at the end when he's like on the drug when he's on his uh when he's on his uh his trip she calls and she's like my mom's in the hospital <laughs> she's gonna <laughs> die and then he's like i can't make it i'm on a i'm on a job and she's like you're just like what they said you were i've stuck up with you for you for so many years and he's like all right all right i'll be there and then he actually he actually shows up and mm-hmm i think that's how they make up or something like that yeah they have a nice little moment yeah or she's she's like, what have you been doing to like get all this money? And yeah, he, yeah, yeah. then he says like, oh, I'm a drug mule. And she's like, ah, ha ha ha, yeah. yeah, right, okay. It yeah. just all felt like uh, very uh, rushed and like yeah. it was trying to meet its message a little too quickly. Because then he yeah. goes, you know, he goes to prison <laughs> at the end. Spoilers and. The family's just staring at him, and they're all like, well, now at least we know where you are. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they say that, don't they? Yeah, they say that, they exact, say that exact word thing. for yeah. word. Like, his daughter, his daughter, like, stares at him with optimism. Like, at least we know where you are now. At least we'll, we know where you we'll, are, Dad. We'll visit you every day. We've, <laughs> we've, uh, we've found closure. Now, after you've gone to prison, we finally like you. Yeah, that's all you had to do was just go to prison for us yeah, to like. Yeah, I, I thought the message was like, you know, it was interesting. I just thought um um it was uh poorly executed and stuff and yeah. like like I kind of liked the stuff with um with Bradley Cooper where he's like you got to not waste time with your family and not be so career oriented and Bradley Cooper's <laughs> like, "Oh, wow, I'm totally just doing that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I actually did. I didn't mind Bradley Cooper's character in it. Yeah, him and Michael Pena, I think, yeah. were the two, two cops. Yeah, yeah. like I, I, I feel didn't like... hate the movie either. I just no, yeah. Um, I thought it was a little problematic at times and just very out of touch. And uh, but I was just, yeah. I was very entertained. Yeah, I think like, Clint Eastwood just being a guy who's so incredibly famous for. He's been so famous for decades now, and he's just so old yeah. that he's he's just so detached from reality and the rest of society that, yeah, this is his sort of take on it from his perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there is a lot of commentary in this movie, and uh, mm-hmm. I think Clint probably maybe related to the move, like the character in the movie, just like wasting time. <laughs> wasting time he also says <laughs> the theme of the movie in a way is wasting time he also says before he goes into prison he's like i just wish money can buy you anything i just <laughs> wish i didn't waste all that time yeah yeah that's right <laughs> and then he cries and he goes to jail and then they're yeah. like at least i we know where you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a weird thing to say yeah it's a very uh, very weird film and uh, but all but very worth uh, the watch also as um, it was I think we've talked about this film probably the longest out of all of the movies we just talked about so oh for sure yeah yeah and I think we uh, I think we covered pretty much all of it we covered the the three sums the family uh, everything you need really yeah 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 three sums the family the racist jokes the mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the mule definitely definitely worth a watch. Yeah, yeah. I, um, it's relevant to 
society, I guess, today. <laughs> I, I <laughs> To like, old people. <laughs> yeah, to old people, yeah. Movies like these, I find um, there are some times where I turn on a movie like this and I'm like... I'm like, oh yes, this I found something that like I really do want to actually uh, watch, rather than like, like that I know I'm gonna be into, you know, just because for some reason it intrigues me, rather than a movie like the. And yeah. then there's movies like uh, like Last Tango in Paris, where I I feel I feel more like like I have to watch it, and that's why. And um, right, I'm kind of just like doing it. It's more of a uh, it's more of a chore in a way. Totally, yeah. I felt that same way because even uh, I could tell early on in the Mule that it was going to be a little goofy. Yeah, um, I, at times, yeah, and I yeah. was, but I was like, I could still tell from very like much in it. Opening shot is like it's fil- It's all the footage of all the flowers. I was like, yeah. I was like, hmm. I'm already kind of into this. Yeah. <laughs> And then with something like Last Tango in Paris, it's something I I needed to like watch in two separate chunks, uh, just uh-huh. to fully take it. Yeah, yeah, <sighs> yeah. That's uh, wow. That's what we've been watching. Uh, Ooh, yeah. While quarantined, yeah. <laughs> watching a lot, and uh, yeah, that's that list is still gonna add up. Yep, watching a lot, doing a lot of living. <laughs> <laughs>